This TSN 1040 podcast is powered by Metro Ford. The deal you've been waiting for is on now. Ford employee pricing. Details at MetroMotors.com. Time to go rink wide on TSN 1040. Now here's JD Berg and Andrew Wadden. Welcome to Rinkwide. It's a show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside J.D. Burke. We're out at the King of Floors here on Highway 10, one block east of 152nd in Surrey. The King of Floors mega flooring warehouse. It's the March Madness sale. Everything is on sale. Laminate, engineered, vinyl flooring. I know that's your favorite, J.D. It's all on sale. Why don't you head out to the King of Floors, say hello to us. If you can't head out here, check them out online, King of Floors. Dot com. Still looking for Sir Scruffy. Haven't seen Sir Scruffy yet. It's kind of cold out here right you now. You know, the thing I'm always telling people, Andrew, big fan of floors. <laughs> you step on you... them, you can put stuff on them. Yeah, you can walk on them. Yes. I actually just got an apartment. has floors. <laughs> Whoa, my apartment's got floors too. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we will not be talking flooring for the next two hours. We'll try to talk uh, some hockey here, and we are in a, well, difficult time on the sports calendar in the world sort of calendar, so to speak, with the COVID-19 shutdown of the National Hockey League amongst other uh, sporting leagues across the world, throughout the world, uh, J.D. So we do have a lot of news to get to in terms of uh, the Vancouver Canucks, in terms of the NHL. Uh, Let's start with the Canucks, though. They did release uh, a statement today uh, stating that they will be, uh, what they're going to do with their tickets, uh, how people can... Um, you know, if you've got purchase tickets, whether you've got game, you know, tickets to games, what should they do? Ticket holders are asked to hold on to their tickets for uh, postponed games and encouraged to check regularly for updated communication on Canucks.com and at Canucks on Twitter. Um, when you think about the NHL season right now, and we know what's about us, and we're going to hear a clip from Ray Ferraro in just a moment, but where do you see this whole thing sort of headed? Well, I, I just cannot see a scenario where we return to action anytime soon. Yeah, It's just impossible to imagine, and I, I brought this up in the crossover. We're at the point where Italy and France were like three, four, five weeks ago. Now that country is shut down, so you can't tell me that a three-week timeline is going to play out like this. I mean, yeah. obviously, there is some optimistic news with a group of researchers from, I believe, the University of Saskatchewan, uh, Stony Brook, actually, they have isolated the disease, which is the first step towards creating a vaccine. Yep. Great news on that front, but that's still the very beginning of the process, right? Yep. So I'm not anticipating anything happening in the next week, two weeks, three weeks. I'm anticipating that we're going to be in tight for a little bit here, and I, I really can't imagine a scenario, realistically, where the NHL can return to action in a way that sees them play regular season hockey much less the playoffs yeah and i i just like am i wrong here what am i missing like there's just no way they can pull it off no, i i, I there's don't, a month left in the season i don't disagree with you on that uh, let's hear from ray ferraro he was on with sakaris and price yesterday and he gave his input on how long he thinks the timeline could be i'm just looking at this first of all matt from a logistical standpoint so they're going to close the rinks for three weeks there's no chance that they can come back in three weeks And the reason I say that is the last thing they can do is come back. This is in my opinion. Come back, and then two weeks later, somebody tests positive for COVID. Then it looks like you don't know what you're doing. Optically, it's terrible. Um, It's probably not responsible. 
I can't see any way that this moves itself along for way past a month. Like, how can it? Ray Ferraro there. Uh, Smart man. I mean, he's, you know, nobody knows hockey like Ray Ferraro does, and I think he's absolutely right. Now, if you look at those timelines, for instance, you know, we have a month off, being that it's March 14th right now, April 15th. I mean, the, uh, that would be the first round of the playoffs going. So what sort of, you know, even if it was, like if it's mi- like the, if it's a month minimum and we're able to get back, you know, still have to get the players back in shape because obviously they're going to have some downtime with that yep. too. But, like, where do you see this going? Because you, it's going to be tough to get a full playoff in. And not only that, do you award a Stanley Cup if it's got, you know, an asterisk sort of beside it in terms of, you know, how many wins you're going to need? Like, I, I, I think that best-case scenario, if they return to action by about mid-May, they can play out the playoffs. Mid-May. Mid-May, I think that they... Because so everybody has said that the NHL is willing to play hockey into July, right? Yeah. That was one of their talking points. The playoffs usually start in about mid-April. You push that back a month, that gives you a chance to go into about July. I think that is the most optimistic timeline. Do you see full, like, four rounds of playoffs, seven-game series happening? If, if they're going to be awarding a Stanley Cup, I can't see them doing it any other way. And yeah. the owners are going to want it done that way, too, because it'll be the best way to make up for lost revenue. Yeah. Um, we were talking off mic, and I presented the idea that if things do get this late, and we are looking at the reality of playing you know, NHL games deep into the summer, that perhaps we have like a March Madness-style tournament amongst the teams. Now, I, I like the idea. Like, it would be kind of cool. But at the same time, I don't really see them being able to actually award the Stanley Cup under that sort of It would uh, be like the tournament. World Hockey Championships as opposed to the Olympics. Yeah. Do you remember when they had that tournament team, North America, Team yep. Europe? I think that would be the analogy that I would make between those two But that scenarios. was round robin, was it not? Uh, that was, I believe, a yeah. round robin, then on to single elimination. Yeah. So I, I, like, I think that the NHL, if they can convince the owners that this is a good way to generate revenue and make up for lost time, I can see that happening. That that could be a possibility, but I, I like you said, there's no way they would hand out a Stanley Cup at the end of that. And knowing the NHL players, I don't think there's a chance that they would want a Stanley Cup awarded at the end of that either. So th- is there a scenario where you see that the Stanley Cup just does not get awarded in, in 2020? I think that is the most realistic outcome based on what we're looking at right now. I really do. I, I, I hope that I am wrong. What about if it was something like... Uh you know, like taken from European soccer, like the EPL, where they just award it to the top of the table, which uh, no, never would be happens. the Boston Bruins right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, look at it this way. You'd save so much trauma. You wouldn't have to see the Leafs cop up a 3-1 series yeah, lead and yeah, then a 3-1 lead. It only took you 10 period. minutes into the show to bring Holy that up. Yeah. There we go. Croker's yeah. even on point, too. Holy What's going on here? Yeah. He's usually asleep at the wheel. Stop yeah, it. I was expecting that like 10 minutes later. I yeah. ate my lunch already. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I just don't think that's in the fabric yeah. of the NHL. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, it'd be nice if they did that because then Canucks fans would have a little feather in their cap for 2011, 2012. It's like, well, you know, if there was a pandemic that year, we would have been champions. <laughs> you know? That's one way to look I at it. I guess you could still award the President's Trophy, and that would be kind of the, the award that you won that year. That would be yeah. the, 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 the big, big enchilada, as they say. Yep. That would be it. And to be honest with you, I think that hockey is such a luck-driven sport. I, I think people take for granted what an accomplishment it is to win 
a president's trophy. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the cachet or the legacy or the history of the Stanley Cup. It's not the same, but I think it's a pretty special award to take home. I mean, luck plays I mean, such a role on a game-to-game basis. You add 82 into the mix, and you start to see the cream rise to the top, no, right? there, there is an argument that it's the harder trophy to win, really, uh, you know, yeah. than the Stanley Cup. I mean, uh, clearly, we all know how things ramp up in, in terms of the when the playoffs start, but, you know, that's a 82-game poll that you have to... But again, I'm not going to convince anybody that the President's Trophy is more important nope. than the Stanley Cup. Maybe the Canuck fans back a few years ago when the Canucks were winning them regularly. Um, we are going to talk Canucks here throughout the show, guys. Uh, let's get you updated on who we have coming on. Harmon Dial is going to join us from The Athletic in Vancouver around 1.30. We'll get the latest on uh, what he's hearing with the Canucks. Uh, and we'll talk to... Rick Dollywall in the second hour of the show. Rick's got some scoops already. Oh yeah. So I mean, do you talk to Rick Dollywall often? I talk to Rick Dollywall often. Yes, you know that. Yeah, good dude. One of my favorite guys uh, over at TSN 1040. But Dollywall is going to get us updated on what's happening. Uh, College free agency, of course, uh, has opened now, which is kind of interesting because of what's happening. You know, there is going to be, well. Perhaps no Hobie Baker award this year? No, no, they're going to award be, yeah. the Hobie yeah. Baker, and I think they're going to award it on the exact same timeline as well. That's the latest that I've heard anyway. What about the Frozen Four? Have you heard anything oh, about that's, that? Oh, that's done. That's R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. Like, that, I, I can't see a way that happens. Yeah. So there are the college free agents that are, uh, you know, getting scooped up by some NHL teams already. We'll People see already signing. I mean, Patrick Kotarenko yep. is one. I'm going to be writing about him. Jared Rosberg, Drew yep. O'Connor. Uh, it's... it's looking like they've already given up on the college season playing out. Yeah. I mean, Andre Miller, who's a, uh, a sophomore this year, signed with the New York Rangers yesterday, and I think that kind of speaks to the times. Yeah, Canucks are in on a uh, Swedish player. We'll let, we'll let Rick uh, fill you in on all of that, though. We'll leave you the one little, they call scoops. little tease there from our man that gets the scoops, Rick Dollywall. He'll be our uh, guest in the second hour. Also in the second hour, uh, we have asked you. We're going to give the, answer the questions to the mailbag. Uh, JD sent out the tweet this morning, and um, basically getting your questions, and we'll answer all of those to our, the best of our ability. Uh, let's talk a little Canucks before we uh, get to Harmon on the other side. Um, Francesco Accolini tweeting today, Canucks Sports and Entertainment have initiated a program based on individual need that will help any part-time employee who requires support to avoid financial hardship during this unexpected employment disruption. Um, why the qualifiers? That's That was the first thing that kind of came to why, mind. Why, do you, why does he need to qualify? I mean, Mark that? Cuban came out and basically said, my people are getting covered. Why, why not just say I'm taking care of my workers? Yeah. I mean, his wealth, his fortune is built by extracting the surplus value of their labor. So I, I think that anybody in this moment, any owner, who doesn't respond the way Mark Cuban does is suspect to criticism. I think that is the basic human instinct. I don't even think that Mark Cuban deserves praise. I'll well, take I it. A, no, yeah, I'll take I, it a step further because if that's not your human instinct when you're worth that type of money, there is something deeply wrong with you. So he, you you feel that he should have just did it without sort of announcing it? No, no, no. Like because people, I think he was ahead. asked about. Yeah, it, yeah. So. Announce it. Go ahead. I don't care. Put out a press release. Sure. But that should be your basic human instinct. So if you are worth a billion dollars, and that's what it takes to own a sports team. Yeah. Like this. If he paid out their salaries for the remainder of this year, it's not even a drop in the bucket. Yeah. It's not even him reaching into his pocket for change. What about the players? 
the players should have no responsibility over this. They are workers. Yeah. I think it's a... You know who deserves credit? Not Mark Cuban, not Tom Dundon or any of the other owners. The players deserve credit for stepping up because there is no impetus for them to do it. That's just coming from the goodness of themselves. Uh, we appreciate your guys' feedback. If you want to let us know how you're feeling about uh, some of the news that's come out recently with the... Francesco Aquilini has tweeted about with the workers at Rogers Arena. You can text us at 104040 or email live at tsn1040.ca. Uh, Maybe we'll take some calls in the second hour when we do our mailbag. If you've got a pressing question that you want to get to, we'll do all of that around 2.30. Uh, Doesn't two, have to be about hockey either. I'll take a no, question if you wanna, about, about if you wanna, history. we got a history events. major here, apparently. So, uh, hey, <laughs> man, I've had to diversify. Nothing is off the table when it comes to J.D., that's why uh, Trevor and, likes me. And his wealth of, yeah, wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the awards for the, where the, for the play? Like, what about this you whole season? You can still hand out the awards. In general, I think yeah. You like, can it, still hand out so, the awards. So we could basically, if we didn't have a Stanley Cup playoff, if there was no Stanley Cup awarded, really the calendar could be this. NHL draft, NHL awards. That's about it. Yeah. Free agency, of course. Free agency, yeah. And but how does free agency work? No free now? agency visits, I don't think. But yes. <laughs> but how does free agency work now? Because last week we're talking about a potential growth of a salary cap that could go as high as eighty-eight million. Although and that both is of us not kind of scoffed now. at that. Yeah. So like, how does that work now? And of course, a team like the Canucks, that's going to hurt them because oh, if the cap yeah. doesn't go anywhere. And you've got so many players to sign right now, in or particular, replace, yeah. your MVP in Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> what do you see happening with, with that? They're, they're going to be in tough. They're going to have some very difficult decisions. Let's not even ask, um, let's not even ask the question of what will be available to players in terms of the salary cap going up, because it's not going to happen. Yeah. You lose this much revenue, there's no way. They're going to be hitting that eighty-eight million dollar mark. No, not, not a chance. But we we didn't think there was going to be a chance to hit the eighty-eight million dollar mark. Mil- yeah, yeah, eighty-four yeah. million. Yeah, that's one thing. But you're not going to be able to do any better than that. Yeah, and I can guarantee yeah. as much. Yeah, and I think they're going to have some difficult decisions this summer. I think that Brandon Sutter he comes into focus. I think uh, finding a replacement rather than re-signing Chris Tanev becomes an immediate priority. And I think that they have to get creative with some of the players at the bottom of their roster and find ways to liquidate some of those assets is there a, a scenario where this season kind of rolls over to next year where those contracts no. roll i mean because they've already been paid out for like three quarters they don't get paid in the playoffs yeah so they've been paid for about 90 percent of the season but like maybe you you have one you know everybody just kind of gets one more year added on to what they had and then their the status goes in yeah the players would definitely hate the that players but would teams though could cry like hey listen like we're we're effed here, like you know, like our. And, and I'm thinking about the Canucks here more than any other team because of the fact that you know you have your MVP that needs a new contract, and you're looking at a salary cap going. Okay, I think we can do X, Y, and Z. They get now, murdered in court. Yeah, they would absolutely get their rear ends handed to them in court yeah. because the contracts are written based on the years. Not based on games played. I mean, yep. there are bonuses that are built yep. around that, and I think that they might have a case on some of those. But this is unprecedented. We've never been here there's before. No, so. There's no precedent for this, but I think that when there isn't a precedent, you have to go back to the paperwork. You have to read in between the, the lines a bit. You have to check the details, and there's no way that that would go uh, unabated by the league. Gotcha. There's no way. I can't see it happening. What about bonuses for this year? 
if somebody did something good enough to to earn a bonus, then they're they're going to get that pay. Like what about someone like uh, like Jake Vertanen is an interesting uh, subject for this because you know you have Jake Vertanen flirting with twenty goals, an RFA at the end of the year, going to have Arbrights, but when he goes into arbitration, you know what's his argument going to be? Because if you look at it, I guess you could do like a uh, goals per game or something like that. And started looking at it that way instead of the fine, or you final just, numbers. Or you would prorate over I guess an 82-game so. yeah. pace, I think is what you would do in some of these situations. There is, this is going to be one of the craziest Here, summers. Here's what I think will be used as the starting line, as the threshold in a lot of these instances. And the threshold is going to be they'll operate as if every player's season was ended by injury. I think that's how it's going to operate, without the additional context that some of these players, some of their health comes into question, yada, yada. I think that will be the basis. It's like they had a season. It was cut short uh, by this 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 COVID-19. Yeah. And I think they'll just treat it as if they played 70 or so games. Uh, in the inbox right now with our government still allowing people to fly back into Canada and our borders still open to drive into Washington State, more and more people will get infected. Thus, the NHL season is definitely out. And sorry to say, so are the playoffs. Our government was way too slow to react. And the same for the USA. That comes from not Matt Sundin. What about the one below it? Ah, don't worry about that. Let's, get, <laughs> let, let's address this. Not, no. not Matt Sundin is probably right. Well, I think there are parts of what he is saying that is right. I think there are other parts that are wrong. I mean, BC is the leading tester per capita in the world next to South Korea. We're testing the most citizens on a per capita basis in the world. The worry British is what's Columbia. happening in the United States, though, more than yes, anything that, else. That is a fair criticism because the, uh, <laughs> the, the grand commander-in-chief, agree with him as I do on so much, uh, he hasn't necessarily treated this with the precaution or severity. Three weeks ago, he's calling it a hoax. Yeah, well, just like the climate change. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that is the big issue. And I think that, honestly, we could get to a point where the border closes. Yeah. I, I think that's a possibility because, look, if they're not going to treat this with the severity and the, the level of detail that it requires, then you have to... You have to exercise extreme measures. Yeah. You've got an XFL player from the Seattle Dragons that has now tested positive uh, for COVID-19. That's not the type of extreme I wanted from that football league, man. <laughs> it's a terrible, just not. It's a terrible joke. But anyway, um, are you surprised that we haven't had an NHL player yet? I, a little bit, just when you think about the Utah Jazz yeah. scenario. and they, I'm they really did, surprised. They, the, the Raptors, I mean, Serge Ibaka was like, Hugging the ball, the sweaty ball that, you know, obviously Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had touched as well. Yeah. Incredible that nobody on the Toronto Raptors is infected. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a little bit of luck. What can you say at that point, yeah. right? And uh, you know what? Also give credit to the arena staff who clearly yeah. are treating this with the caution it deserves. And I think that's how they were able to prevent the spread. Okay, so a little lighter note here. Uh, some have suggested that Rogers Arena and those maroon seats that everybody just so hates <laughs> at yeah. the arena. Some of them suggest, hey, now's the time to do that. <laughs> do you see these sort of measurements happening? And not only that. Oh, yeah. May, we, may, we know may, how much they love to spend money yeah, while maybe, revenue maybe is Maybe you're right about that. You're, maybe you're right about that. I bet they're but it just... might be the right time to do it in terms of, like, you know, disinfect the whole place, 
sort of start fresh, start anew if you've got a month, maybe two to do it. Yeah, no, that's no, okay. not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to speak for the people because I know a lot of people. Well, throughout the week, some people. Well, were I'm, so, I'm a man of the people. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You are the leader of the people. People love you. Uh, also, uh, there's one person in the inbox that can't wait for you to get to your manifesto. So uh, that is coming up later on in the hour. Don't worry, texter. We will get to that in just uh, well, about 30 minutes or so. Okay, coming up next, we got Harmon Dial from The Athletic in Vancouver. Of course, he covers the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, went on his first road trip out east when the Canucks were going through uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. But now things are halted for Her- Harmon and, of course, for everyone around the NHL. So we'll get Harmon's um, thoughts on what's going on with the Canucks and uh, get us updated on everything that he is hearing in terms of the Vancouver Canucks as we try to wade our way through the NHL shutdown. This is Rinkwide, the show that always scores right here on TSN 1040. This is Rinkwide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Watton. Rinkwide, the show that always scores. Andrew Watton, J.D. Burke with you here from the King of Floors. Mega Flooring Warehouse, Highway 10, one block east of 152nd in Surrey. The King of Floors has a massive selection of flooring that they need to move this weekend. So get on down here, say hello to JD, myself, Justin Kwan, our on-site producer, Jason Croker, back home in the warm confines of the TSN 1040 It's studio. cozy, it's cozy. <laughs> and if you like standing, you need floors. Uh, <laughs> well, we got Harmon Dial coming up in just a moment from The Athletic in Vancouver. I'm going to get uh, all updated on what's happening in Canuckland. Uh, we have some input into the um, inbox, and not Matt Sundin is back again. I kind of like this one, though. And uh, maybe we'll pose it to Harmon here. Conspiracy theory. I think that Benning and Green colluded to hold Vertanen from scoring 20 goals, thus preventing Vertanen's salary going up too high. Because you and I know Green wants him back. I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. Why else would Vertanen be placed on the fourth line with limited minutes when he was clearly maturing into a power forward type of player? That is from not Matt Sundin. Um, I will question that, though, because of the fact that Vertanen's had how many posts this year? Like, he technically should be over 20 already. Well, I mean, like, he's also been one of the luckiest goal scorers on the game. Yeah, his shooting percentage is ridiculous, right? Yeah, it was. And now he's been cratering back down to earth, which is what always happens. Yeah. And he is not really controlling play at 5-on-5. And I think the reason that Green has put him on the fourth line is because he can't put him in the top six. He doesn't trust him to play those minutes. And as he looks for a new mix on his third line, Jake just got the short end of the stick. Gotcha. All right, let's bring Harmon into the conversation. Harmon Dial from The Athletic in Vancouver. Harm, uh, wow, how's this for your first official year on the beat uh, to have something like this? And I, I, I know, you know, I don't want to make it sound like uh, you're being selfish or anything like that, but, uh, well, quite the unprecedented start to your uh, career on the beat covering the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, it's it's been pretty crazy because for most of the year I was uh, joking around with everybody that, wow, can't believe uh, I picked the one year where, where the team's finally entertaining and looks like they can yeah. make the playoffs and, um, haha, I'm so lucky I missed out on the dark ages and then um, <laughs> now this uh, pandemic uh, happened. So um, definitely a, a roller coaster during this uh, during this first year uh, that I can say for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, you did a road trip with the Canucks uh, through eastern Canada, and um, you know, you've been back. And, of course, things didn't really, well, sort of hit the fan until after you've come back from there. But um, does it surprise you at all that we haven't had an NHL player test positive yet for coronavirus? Um, it. I don't think it does because more than anything, they haven't tested the players yet. And I think if you um, consider the fact that it can take up to two to three weeks to even feel the symptoms, um, you know, in those types of circumstances, it might take another week or two for some of these players that were playing in, in, in some of those arenas that were shared by NBA teams um, or otherwise cross paths with someone that may have had the coronavirus. Um, and then after after those symptoms, only then will they get tested. So um, it's it doesn't surprise me yet, but the fact that the league has asked the players to self quarantine and you just look at the crossover. I mean, um, when you when you think about where the Utah Jazz, which arenas they played in, a lot of those shared uh, by NHL teams. When you consider New York, uh, Boston, and, um, and 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 the fact that. The teams that played in those buildings went out on the road, and and it just it's just a crazy overlap. So I'd imagine at at one point or another that we will uh, hear about maybe not necessarily a player, but someone within the NHL fraternity. Um, I, I would expect that uh, they would test positive. Talking to Harmon Dial from the Athletic in Vancouver. Hey Harmon, I was wondering, what do you see as an optimistic yet realistic timeline for a return to play? And I think we're all guessing here. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, no medical experts among us. I was saying that maybe mid-May, that could be the most optimistic timeline that would allow for a playoffs to carry out. Seems a bit rich, uh, certainly even for me. What do you think of this situation? Yeah, it's it's really tough. And, and the truth is, honestly, like we have to take it by a week-by-week basis. I mean, we're in the very early stages when it comes to North America. And, and again, it goes back to the whole uh, idea that we aren't testing enough in, in North America. And so, um, again, because of how long it takes for people to feel symptoms, um, there, the, the actual number of cases that are in North America could conceivably be a lot higher than what's being reported right now. Um, and if that's the case, then, then that really complicates the situation. Uh, from my perspective, I think the league from its very very optimistic standpoint has put out three weeks i don't see that being feasible um but from my perspective i think the question to ask is what type of return are we talking are we talking a return where um where we're going to play in empty stadiums just so we can we can ensure we get maximum nhl uh, action because if that's the case then from my perspective anyway all that it would take is for all personnel to pass the self-quarantine um, and and for all testing to come back negative, and then at that point you could you could play in empty stadiums. But uh, we do know that a lot of the NHL's revenue is dependent on 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 fans going to games. It's not quite like the NBA. So are they going to want to wait until uh, fans can actually come to the games? So I think that distinction is very very important because. If you if you if you if the league wants to return and have fans in the building, then I think even mid-May is is pretty optimistic. Um, I think it all depends on how much on on how much of a hit they're willing to take revenue-wise uh, to get NHL hockey back, and and that's quite honestly uh, a question right now that uh, nobody knows. 
Um, but I, I'm really inter- interested to, to see how this un- all unfolds. Well, let's take it back to the actual on-ice product, such as it once existed. There was a, a text in the inbox here, which I kind of took issue with uh, before we started your interview, but I wanted to run it by you because I know you've got some interesting thoughts and data points on this one. And uh, so here it is. Conspiracy theory. I think that Benning and Green colluded to hold Vertanen from scoring 20 goals, thus preventing Vertanen's salary going up too high. Because you and I know Green wants him back. Why else would Vertanen be placed on the fourth line with limited minutes when he was clearly maturing into a power forward type of player? What are your thoughts on that one, Harm? Uh, completely disagree. I think, um, and, and I wrote about this. First of all, um, uh, when has when have when has this organization ever sort of um, thought that way? Like, I think collusion. This whole idea of uh, teams trying to suppress a player's salary. I look, jobs are on the line. This team needs to needs to make the playoffs this year. That was that was clearly evident after the Canucks went out and, and traded for Tyler Toffoli. There's no way that this that, that this organization, whether it's Travis Green or Jim Benning, they're going to do whatever it takes to win hockey games now. They it, it doesn't matter to them if if Vertanen's going to command an extra five hundred grand per year on his salary. They're going to do whatever it takes to to win hockey games right now. So I I call uh, complete BS on on the idea of collusion. <laughs> and second, when it comes to Jake Vertanen in particular and why he's been buried on the fourth line, and I wrote about this last week, it really comes down to uh, the details in his defensive game. J- Travis Green just doesn't trust him in a matchup role in the top six, and I don't blame him for it. Um, you look at the tape, and this is what why I think there's sometimes a little bit of uh, of a divide in perception with Vertanen. Because the things that he does well, when, when you consider how well he rushes the puck up the ice, um, his shot, um, the, the, the occasional moments where he's taking the puck to the net, those are very loud skills. They stand out to you. Whereas you talk about the defensive deficiencies, his inability to pick up pucks off the wall, um, his, his inability to always keep his feet moving away from the puck, um, and, and just overall his, his lack of defensive awareness, those issues are very are, are subtle. Unless you're unless you're critically trying to evaluate a player, you won't notice those types of things. Um, and so that's why I think for the average viewer, they notice all the good that he does. But maybe sometimes the two way um, issues that manifest in Vertanen's game, those aren't as noticeable. And that's why I think there's a little bit of gap in perception. Um, and the other thing to consider is quietly Vertanen sort of he's been hit pretty hard by regression over the last quarter of the season he's got i think five points in the last 18 games one assist in the last seven so it's not as if no one can say that vertanen's been creating a ton offensively and and he absolutely deserves a spot in the top six um it's one of those situations where he has despite looking pretty good hit a bit of a rough patch offensively um and and on top of that his his defensive issues still persist so that's why he's buried down in the lineup well, where do you see this heading then? Because he's a restricted free agent, as I understand it, with arbitration eligibility. What do you think the Canucks are going to pursue as a potential deal? And what do you think they should do with Jake Vertanen? I think it all depends on what unfolds with uh, with Tyler Toffoli. Because um, especially now with, uh, with the coronavirus and 
uh, the decreased revenue that's going to come as a result. You can forget about an, an $88 million salary cap for next year, right? It, I, I'd imagine that it's pretty close to flat for next year, and, and that's bad news for the Canucks on two fronts. Obviously, the, 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 the big one is, well, the obvious, they'll have less space to, to sign a lot of their uh, their free agents. But, but the other factor is it's going to be harder to move out Louis Erickson contract. It's, it's, it's going to be harder to move out Sven Berchi or Brandon Sutter uh, because everyone's going to be under this cap crunch. So um, when that sort of situation happens, you have to, you're going to have to prioritize. And um, you look at Vancouver's three big UFAs, Markstrom, uh, Toffoli, Tanev, I think the the two most interesting to watch from uh, uh, from from the perspective of just other dominoes falling are Tanev and uh, Toffoli because if 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 Tanev is someone who they don't extend for example then I imagine Troy Stetcher is someone who is maybe a possibility to be retained uh, you look at then Tyler Toffoli if Toffoli is retained I can't imagine that the Canucks would want to pay three plus million dollars a year on uh, on a third line forward they're 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 right up against the cap wise and and if they already have to fully invest on the right side then then pretend might just be a luxury that they can't afford and, and maybe they look at even dealing him um and, and sort of saddling a player like bear or sutter to create salary cap relief so uh, from my perspective, it really depends on what happens with Toffoli. I think he would be the higher priority than pretend right now. Uh, Harmon, there we realistically could see a season where no Stanley Cup is a- awarded. Now, if that scenario were to happen, like clearly we're still going to have an NHL draft at some point. What do you think is going to happen with that first round pick that is now the property of the New Jersey Devils, but you know perhaps could still be the Canucks? Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting, and I think it'll depend on uh, a, a lot of the sort of uh, finer details and, and, and sort of the, the jargon that goes under the official terms of the deal. Um, what I'd imagine is, um, first of all, it's going to depend on how the league decides to do their draft lottery, because um, I, I'd imagine if Vancouver's pick is lottery protected, as long as they have a chance at winning the lottery, like let's say, um, like let's say all teams are eligible to win this lottery, right? And obviously the the odds are dependent on on where you sort of are in the standings. Yeah. But even yeah. if the Canucks have say like two or three percent odds or, or whatever uh, of winning it or of winning a top three selection, then I'd imagine it rolls over to next year. That's sort of what I'd guess, just because um, there is a chance that they could finish top three if, if that's what the league decides to do so i think it'll be dependent on whether the canucks uh are eligible to to win that lottery and and yeah. it'll sort of uh manifest itself depend depending on that yeah arm uh, definitely uh, uncharted territory here that we're in and uh we'll try to keep people entertained and try to talk hockey the best we can but uh, this is the reality of the situation right now and uh we appreciate you coming on and taking the time to uh, talk hockey, even though there's no games being played on the ice. So uh, thanks for coming on, as always. Thanks, guys. Are you keeping your social distance six feet apart? Well, we always <laughs> do that anyway. I, You know that. Come on. I usually Man, try to keep J.D. in another crap. studio when we do this show, right? I don't want to <laughs> staring at him. But <laughs> Thanks, Harm. First time I've heard that. All right, guys. That's Harmon Dow from The Athletic in Vancouver. Uh, some good stuff there from Harm. Uh, some great points. That, that's interesting. The, uh, 
you know, the kind of lottery for all. That's a pretty interesting way of doing it. I guess it would get weighted, of course, where you kind of sit right now. One would Problem think. is, though, is not everybody's played the same amount of games. Yeah, so how do you balance that on, as well? points percentage. I guess so, and yeah. And the Canucks actually, interestingly enough, a lot of people are saying the Canucks would be, you know, screwed out of the playoffs if the season ended today. Actually, not the case. If you look at the NHL.com standings, it's the Winnipeg Jets who would be out of the playoffs by point zero zero one points percentage. <laughs> oh my goodness. Zero, zero, one. Imagine how that would feel if you were a Winnipeg Jets fan, player, or part of management. Imagine how you would feel if you changed the dial and didn't get to hear JD's manifesto, which is like coming up next. You don't want to be that fool. Keep it locked. Rink wide. It's the show that always scores. JD's manifesto is next here on TSN 1040. Now, more of Rink Wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Wadden. Welcome back to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. I want to thank Harmon Dow from The Athletic in Vancouver for joining us, getting some good input into the inbox as well. i uh, got a question from Cliff and Langley, but we'll get to that in a moment because of right course, now it's time for J.D.'s Manifesto. Why you bugging? What's bugging JD this week? Let's find out. It's the Manifesto with JD Berg. Would you believe it if I told you that JD Berg, me, right now, was pissed off at the capital class? Because I kind of am. Francesco Aquilini, the owner of Canucks Sports and Entertainment, and his family have a net worth of $3.3 billion. Now, we've seen other franchises, be it in the NBA, the NHL, other sporting leagues, step up immediately, immediately in the face of suspended league play and offer their arena and support staff full pay through these difficult, trying times. The Canucks, meanwhile, ignored multiple requests from several media members on the Canucks beat for commentary on this matter, putting out a press release at Friday that did not lay out any details insofar as whether they will pay them in full, the extent to which they will pay them, nothing. It just says that they will pay individuals based on need as part of a program. If you think that's intentionally vague, it's because it is. It's enough to get you pacified. It's enough to get people to stop talking about it. But I'm not stopping. And I'm going to keep talking about it until we see the action necessary to support the very laborers who the Aquilini family has built their wealth on. Now, if you want to talk about how much it would cost to pay all these part-time and support staff, let's go with a random number. Let's say a million dollars. What percentage of 3.3 billion do you think that is? Uh, Let me do the math here, carry the one. I I don't know. Not even to the point where it would qualify as a rounding error. You have a responsibility to these people. They build the product that you sell to build your labor. Is Aquilini handing people $15 beers at Rogers Arena? I don't think so. I don't. These moments require robust leadership. The Canucks have failed to deliver that, and it's the people who are most vulnerable in moments like these who are left to suffer. Now, if you were a Canucks fan and you were looking for an answer, you were looking for a response, you were looking for somebody who calls himself a business community leader, and you looked at their track record, you looked at the civil suits that have been filed against the Aquilinis, 
on their farm where it was alleged that they withheld water from workers on the farm where two kids died in a trailer as a result of faulty wiring. If you looked at that and said they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, they don't deserve our deference, they have to prove to us that they are acting in good faith and in goodwill towards the betterment of the very people that they rely upon to build their wealth. That's a reasonable stance. And let me tell you, I'm right there with you. JD's manifesto, not uh, not pulling any punches this week. And uh, the direct tweet from Francesco Aquilini is this, if you haven't heard it. It's a fortune cookie. Canucks Sports and Entertainment has initiated a program based on individual need that will help any part-time employee who requires support to avoid financial hardship during this unexpected employment disruption. It's almost like... Like I don't, what I don't understand with that is like, how do you, what qualifies for, you know, said reimbursement? Why is it vague? Why can't he just say we're going to pay them in full? Why does it have to be based on individual need? Why do people have to jump through? I hoops? would assume that if you're working there, your individual need is is everybody requires. Yeah, yeah. What? what because think, I don't think many does he people think that with... people do this in their spare time yeah. for fun. Yeah. That they just want to stand there and sell people twenty dollars sandwiches because yeah. they got nothing better to do. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely, it's it's completely lacking. It's not what the community needs. It's not what his workers need. And I think the fact that they rejected multiple media requests throughout Friday and waited until very late in the afternoon at the end of the work week to drop any message whatsoever pretty damn revealing i can tell you as the uh, producer of the afternoon drive show we, i was in contact with the vancouver canucks uh, had a request in for trent carroll uh was basically had the request in and uh, didn't hear from them until about seven minutes to go uh, left in the show so take what you want from that maybe they were just trying to uh, get things right i'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that i don't know uh exactly but um we did effort to have someone from the canucks uh, speak on the behalf of what's happening, and um, we weren't able to get anyone. So that's that's full disclosure there. So you can take what you want from that. Um, we do have someone in the inbox right now, Phil in Pitt, Pitt Meadows. I work at uh, Rogers Arena. I'm on call for all the shifts this month. I think you're trying to determine whether or not somebody should be getting paid or just people who were scheduled. Well, pay them all, Phil. Like he's, he's know, not going to notice. What, what happens if you don't get any shifts? Like. Right, I mean, uh, I mean, you tell me, Phil. Like, you know, this could be something that uh, is your your you know your main source of income. I don't know, so uh, we'll have to um, you know get your thoughts on that. And if you do work at a Rogers Arena, maybe chime in w- with us as well. Oh, Talks we got another text coming in right now, JD. I am a total capitalist. Me too. But but WTF? Just pay them their regular pay at least to the end of the regular season. Yeah, it's a bad look. Here, here, LB in North Van. Yeah, and LB's uh, LB's kind of um, I don't want to say a man of the people, but he he definitely has those sort of thoughts and 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 you know looking out for others. He's in the inbox all the time, so I understand uh, where he's coming from from that. But I mean, hey, like I said, maybe you work at Rogers Arena, maybe you have uh, something to do with the the Aquilinis. You can text us at ten forty forty, email live at TSN ten forty. We'd love to hear. Uh, your stance on everything. On the other side, we are going to get the scoops from our man that gets the scoop. Rick Dollywall is going to join us, and we're going to talk some more Canucks and let you know, uh, well, what exactly is happening in Canuck land in terms of, well, who they're looking at, college free agency perhaps. We'll let you know. It's rink-wide. It's the show that always scores here on TSN 10. 
listening to Rick Wine on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew White. Welcome back to Rinkwide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside J.D. Burke. We're out at the King of Floors doing the show today, and they've got their March Madness sale going on. Everything is on sale. Laminate, engineered, vinyl flooring, it's all here. Over 300 different types of flooring in stock. Nobody knows floors like the King of Floors. Absolutely nobody. King of Floors, mega flooring warehouse, Highway 10, one block east of 152nd in Surrey. If you can't come down and visit us here then check them out at kingoffloors.com. We had Harmon Dial from The Athletic in Vancouver with us in the first hour. If you missed any of that, our uh, producer, Jason Croker, will have the show up in podcast form in yeah, a couple weeks now after the show. Uh, and uh, you can get caught up in anything that you have missed. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this, though. It's Rick Dollywall, of course, from The Athletic, TSN 1040 in Vancouver. The man that gets the scoops and... Uh, Rick, you, you know, here we are talking about coronavirus and we don't have hockey and, you know, we got really no games to sort of break down, analyze, but there's still stuff happening off the ice. So let's start, uh, with college free agency. Uh, as we know, last year the Canucks, uh, were aggressive in the college free agent market, able to pick up the likes of Brogan Rafferty, who some feel will be a roster player for the Canucks as they move forward here. Uh, who else are they flirting with this year? in terms of the college free agents? I don't think... I heard they were in on uh, uh, one of the defensemen just poking around. Um, I don't got his name right now in front of me. But I think right now, Andrew, you got to remember, you got to have contracts. Uh, You know, you're up against uh, the contracts. You can't sign 10 NCAA free agents. just not the way it works. You go after one or two or three of them. I I think they're poking around one of the top defensemen. I I don't got his name with uh, me right now. The more pressing issue for me is is Jack Rathbone and Will Lockwood. Um, I think that I was told by uh, my Harvard source that Rathbone's going to take his time. And honestly, there there's no rush. There, there is no rush with this coronavirus and and everything that's going on in the hockey world. There's so much unknown. I mean, it's amazing. Andrew, as I talked to hockey people in the last 48 hours, so many moving parts, uh, fluid uh, situations, lots of unknown, lot, not a lot of concrete news uh, because it's, it's a day-by-day thing right now. But I think uh, talking to uh, the Rathbone uh, situation in Harvard, it's going to take some time. I believe Northern Michigan uh, just canceled their hockey season last night, so I imagine the Canucks will uh, get over to Will Lockwood and find out what's going on there it's just not the ncaa andrew there's so much going on in europe right now um petrus palmu tony Uten in finland niles hoglander linus carlson in sweden you you got this guy matthias bro uh nikita triampkin um there's so many uh it's just not the ncaa guys i think there's more pressing issues honestly overseas with a lot of the Canucks uh, European prospects and what are you going to do with them and what does it mean for next year? Who's going to get spots in Utica? Who's, you know, all this stuff matters. And uh, whether it's your NCAA scouts or, or Carson Falk with the Calgary Hitman, if, if the WHL season's over, do you sign him? Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, Andrew, and it, it's just not NCAA. It's not the Canadian Hockey League. It's Europe as well. Uh, there's a lot, lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now. 
you talk to the agents on a, a regular basis. What 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 are they doing right now? Like what are how are they game planning? I guess so to speak for everything that's upon us. Yeah, it, it again. I talked to a lot of agents in the last uh, twenty four hours. Again, uh, Andrew, they're just making sure their clients are safe. Uh, they're making sure their clients are quarantined. Uh, there's just a lot of dialogue between the agents uh, and the GMs of the club, and uh, there's just a lot of unknown, like I said. But the agents out there right now are just making sure their clients are all safe. They don't have the coronavirus, and who's sick? I, I talked about uh, the one player in Arizona with the Coyotes who was sick, Ness. Um, he was supposed to, I think, uh, he was feeling sick. I, I, I wonder if uh, he got a test to find out if he's got it. Uh, haven't heard of any hockey players getting it right now, Andrew. Lots of just unknown, no answers. Yeah. Just kind yeah. of fluid, day by day, hour by hour. Really, it yeah. is the way the hockey world is moving right now. Is it's almost it's not day by day. It's it's actually literally hour by hour. Yeah, we're talking to Rick Dollywall, TSN 1040, and the Athletic in Vancouver. Hey, Rick, have you spoken to any of your league sources with the NHL to determine what sort of options they're reviewing right now as it relates to a potential return to play at some point later in the the year or perhaps what they might look at as a playoff uh, format if they do eventually get to a point where that is possible? Yeah, J.D., great question, and I, I, I don't have anything concrete. A lot of people have opinions that maybe we find out in a couple of weeks, uh, whether it be a regular season, who makes the playoffs, uh, is it winning percentage or points, uh, the NHL draft, free agency, all these things, uh, J.D., are just, there's nothing but a, a million rumors out there, nothing concrete. Uh, the NHLPA, uh, they're constantly talking uh, with the NHL, uh, agents are talking with GMs, my biggest thing is, is there, uh, J.D., going to be a regular season? I, I keep hearing, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll have a better idea. So in two weeks, uh, do, do we go ahead with a regular season? Maybe just say three games for everybody to figure out who makes playoffs, who doesn't. But everybody in this city seems to think the Canucks are in if there's a playoffs. I'm not so sure about that because I don't think they've even come up with the formula, J.D., on how to decide who gets in the playoff if the regular season's over? Is it winning percentage or is it points? Because, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't have any concrete evidence that they have a formula to decide which teams made the playoffs and, and which teams didn't, J.D. It just, just, you just hear, and just like you, uh, J.D., when you talk to your hockey contacts, you just hear 50 different things uh, about what's going to happen moving forward. There's just nothing concrete coming out. It's just meetings a day-by-day quarantine, uh, who makes playoffs, is there a regular season, all these things, uh, honestly, for me, they're still all up in the air right now. What about the NHL draft? I mean, one would have to think that that's going to go ahead no matter what. Uh, it, it almost has to. Could we be looking at a scenario where the NHL reviews a situation where they hold the draft in Montreal without spectators, without media? Is it going to be carried out remotely by a telecommuting uh, have you heard anything to that end? Yeah, I asked about the draft uh, this morning, and first of all, they they need to find out from the Canadian Hockey League if there's going to be any more games, J.D., because let's say the Western Hockey League, uh, okay, your kids in the NCAA that are going to get drafted, their season's basically over, right, J.D.? So now we're oh, just, yeah. your Europeans, I, I, I see uh, a lot of, we're going to find out about Sweden 
I think on the 20th or 24th, if they're 24th, if they're going to lock down their leagues. So there, and I see uh, there was a team in Finland, Jokerit, who just canceled their season against uh, Vasily Pied Colson's team today. So that series is over because they pulled out. Um, I think when the when, when the NHL scouts find out if the CHL is done or not, then it's a big deal. Is the Memorial Cup going to be played? Are the Vancouver Giants still uh, in it? Or are they going to? There's going to. Is there going to be playoffs? It, uh, I think uh, for the drafting, if the CHL comes back, then the scouts got to go back and they got to scout those games. But for me, if there's no CHL, then that's the big thing. But what I was told today about the NHL draft is first, let's find out if uh, the, the WHL, OHL, and the Quebec League are going to play uh, games this season or not. But, J.D., I'm going to turn around and ask you, you can't hold the draft until the season's over anyways, can you? Can, can you not? Well, that's that's the interesting thing. I, I, I think that you can. I do. I mean, you look at the MLB. They have their draft right in the middle of the season. I mean, mind you, it's one of the more bizarre drafts in professional sports. But right. I, I think that it might be a situation where the scouts and the teams have to work with what's out there. And as I was saying to Andrew, I mean, we were talking about players, their contract negotiations, and operate under the, the presumption that their season was cut short by injury. I, I think that's just going to be the way, that, that, that's my analysis anyway, of how they're going to have to operate given these extremely trying circumstances. But of course, and, and JD, look at, uh, JD, look at Vancouver Giants forward Justin sort of. If, oh, yeah. if you shut his season down today, then there's your window of the games you've seen him. You've got to scout him on. If if the Giants come back and play, and Justice sort of gets, you get more visibility, more looks with him. It, it's only going to help him if he has a deep playoff run. And But look, look at the circumstances. If you shut the CHL season down today, these kids like Justin sort of, they have no more opportunity, J.D., to impress the scouts. But if the Giants come back, that kid still has an opportunity to climb the uh, rankings and, 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 and get uh, drafted in a higher position. Hey, guys, I just want to give you an update on this uh, kid in Sweden yeah. that the uh, uh, Canucks are after, Matthias Brohm. He's the MVP of their team in uh, Orbro, uh, 52 games, 43 points, 25 years old, a left winger. Several teams in Russia after him right now, but he is saying he's going to pick between Vancouver or Detroit. I talked to him. Uh, the other day, loves Vancouver, loves the Swedish connection, loves the fact that Elias Pettersson's here. And I'm going to tell you guys something right now. Elias Pettersson is going to help the Canucks, whether he picks up the forward and ever recruits a player. Uh, Elias Pettersson is going to help the Canucks recruit a lot of players in the time that he is here, just because of uh, the wonderful talent he is. And guys in Sweden look at him. They look up to him. And I didn't even bring Pedersen's name up to Brome when I talked to him. He brought it up himself. So wow. Pedersen is going to be a wonderful tool for the Canucks to, to attract players uh, in Sweden for sure. Now, this guy, uh, the season could end in uh, March 20th or 24th in Sweden. I expect him to pick uh, the Canucks for Detroit after that. I've had this thrown at me. The last two suites the Canucks signed overseas, Anton Rodin and Philip Holm. Uh, JD Andrew didn't work out in Vancouver, did they? Neither one of them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, 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 you know, people say it was he another Anton Rodin. Well, Anton Rodin was the MVP of the league when the Canucks signed, him, and he still didn't yeah. work out in Vancouver, right? Yeah. 
But he still had to roll the dice on him. I mean, he was still a intriguing prospect when they brought him in here. He's oh, a bit no, older, no, no. too, than just, just didn't work, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah these, the, the, these type of free you. agents are like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and I'm just uh, telling you guys that the last two Swedes to connect sign, they essentially sent both to the American Hockey League, and both yeah. didn't, uh, you know. And and one quick yeah. uh, note on Nikita Triamkin, guys. Yes, I do please. not believe yeah. the Canucks have contacted the Triumphant camp yet. His season ended, I think, on Tuesday uh, Tuesday uh, morning in Vancouver. I do not believe the Canucks have contacted the Triumphant camp yet, but this would be a good time to get something going and find out what he's looking for in terms of uh, salary, uh, term, all that stuff. Uh, so right now, I don't believe there's been any contact with Nikita, but I think it would be a good time for the Canucks find out what this guy wants going forward and if you are going to be able to sign him or not yeah his khl season is done his contract i believe you tweeted is done what it's the end of april is it he's done uh, officially yeah you can talk to nikita right now but they what i believe they have not contacted his camp yet uh i believe jack rathbone is a guy the canucks i believe would love to sign but Mm -hmm. That's the decision Rathbone and his family, his advisor, got to make. They're going to take their time. I believe uh, the Canucks would like to sign him. I believe the Canucks would like to sign Lockwood. Niles Hoglander, uh, they got to get to him. Linus Carlson and J.D., uh, you were tweeting about Linus Carlson a couple of weeks ago about his great season, the guy they got for, uh, uh, what's his name? All, Jonathan uh, Dallin. Dallin. Yeah, Dallin. Yeah. So Linus Carlson's another guy they can sign. Tony Utenin's another guy. Uh, J.D., you're familiar with him, defenseman in Finland. Yep. They, could, they, they, they could sign him as well. So lots of guys in Europe right now. A lot of moving parts right now, guys. Yeah. Great stuff as always, Rick. Uh, appreciate the hockey talk. You know, it's nice to still oh. sort of be talking hockey and not uh, focusing on everything that's happening, at least with the coronavirus. Uh, as always, appreciate you coming on. Anytime. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. That's our, that's our man that gets the scoops. Rick I Donald. just call him scoops. I, I just, I could listen. I could talk to Rick all day. I love. Oh it. yeah, I love. Yeah, it. Rick's the best. Um, that Trampkin stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people are very interested in Nikita. I, I feel like Nikita Trampkin's a little overblown in this market. He can't I, I think handle people, the puck. I think people tend to forget what his game was like on the ice. He was but... the lowest wins above replacement player on the team during his time yes. with <laughs> the team. That being said, though. They are going to be in the hunt for defensemen here in the offseason. Uh, I would I would talk to him so that I could trade his rights. Really? That's what I would. I mean, why yeah. not? He's not an NHL defenseman. Find somebody else out there who's yeah. willing to pay stupid money for a uh, You would think he was like defense. the second coming of Zdeno Chara or something, the way some people think. or I think they want to believe it. Yeah. I, I, I think they forget what it was really like when he was here. but Well, he, uh, he was one of the first prospects to come through during those horrible years. Yeah. He was one of the first, and so he represented hope. And it was like pretty low-hanging fruit back then, you know? You're like, well, what else are <laughs> you gonna, grab it. <laughs> what else are you going to grab onto? I mean, like yeah. Jason Magna or, or oh, Jack hey, come Skelly. on now. Willie D's man right there. Yeah, if he's listening right now, he's going to be filing an email to, to Trevor. Um, one of a few that he gets on my account. But <laughs> Hey, we do have uh, um, some information to pass your way. This is courtesy of uh, Pierre Lebrun. As far as I can tell, there was no talk on the call today about how a potential schedule slash playoffs would look like if or slash when the NHL resumed. Still too early for that conversation with GMs. 
all about self-isolation right now. Uh, Pierre went on to say NHL GMs had a conference call with the league this afternoon. Much of it was going over the memo of the NHL sent out yesterday regarding guidelines for the pause. The players staying home for now, perhaps cleared to skate at team facilities later on, which is to be determined when and if it's going to be in small groups, etc. So, you know, sort of the same as what we're sort of expecting right now uh, coming out of NHL circles. We'll see how things change. Uh, Rick was right. It, this isn't a day-by-day thing. This is an hour-by-hour thing. Uh, so that the NHL teams try to get a grip on exactly uh, what they are doing. Not not uh, hockey-related, but I want to get this out there because this is pretty cool. And I know he took a lot of heat and, uh, you know, he apologized for his antics. But uh, Utah Jazz uh, center Rudy Gobert has donated $500,000 to Jazz Arena workers and COVID-19 services in Utah, uh, OKC, and in France. So... Uh, good on Rudy Gobert to do that, and uh, you know, you, you know, Rudy Gobert. NBA players are flush, especially guys that are NBA stars. You know, defensive oh, yeah. player and of the year, stars league. like Rudy Gobert. Uh, they make those kind. They make the kind of dollars that, uh, well, hey, owners sort of make maybe a little less, but uh, good for Rudy Gobert. I've actually Gobert got an update on up. the NHL draft too. Uh, the J20 Super Elite, which is the Swedish Junior Circuit, has canceled the remainder of their season. All right, so. Again, like I said, it's uh, it's an hour-by-hour hour thing as news start, starts to trickle in on how exactly, uh, well, the world is handling the coronavirus right now. On the other side, we're going to handle... Punic Wars. The what? The second Punic Wars. I'm going to talk about Oh, those. God. On the other side... <laughs> like, what are you talking about? On the other side, we are going to take your questions. We asked for a mailbag earlier. You supplied the questions. We'll answer them next here on Rinkwide. It's the show that always scores on TSN 1040. This is Rink Wide on GSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Wadden. Hey, welcome back to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew and J.D. here with you for the next half an hour. And we asked you for a mailbag today. Get your questions in, and we'll answer them. We'll get to that in just a moment. We are live right now from the King of Floors out in Surrey. Highway 10, one block east of 152nd here in beautiful Surrey. Nice and sunny here, a little cold where we are, but we're yeah. doing our part. We're okay. A little nippy. They've got over 300 different types of flooring in stock. King of Floors has a massive selection of flooring that they need to move this weekend. So get down here. Like I said, Highway 10, one block east of 152nd in Surrey. If you can't get down here, you can always head over to the website kingoffloors.com but you know you want to come down come say hello to myself and jd justin kwan i've is got here a lot of fans with us out as well. there yeah, jd's signing autographs it's hard to keep like we're in the breaks i'm like i gotta pull them away from the crowd now there's only 249 people here don't worry we're not at 250 we haven't reached the uh, max capacity people just wanting yet. me to kiss their baby to sign them but you can't do it today because no. you know obviously what's happening a virgin radio our friends uh, in the Bell Media family and QMFM are also here as well. So maybe you want to uh, come and say hello to Olivia Jones, perhaps uh, DJ Flipout. We're all here. So come down to the King of Floors and say hello. All right, let's get to some of these questions in the mailbag, JD. Let's start with this one. This kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier with Rick Dollywall. And if you did miss Rick Dollywall's interview, don't worry, podcast will be up at the end of the show. This is from at Dieselbert. Carling O'Keefe, I guess would be the real name. Uh, which 
prospect has the best shot of making the Canucks next season? Rathbone, Lind, Rafferty, Hoaglander. Someone else, perhaps. I'm going to go with Brogan Rafferty. Yeah, I think that's I think, an easy one. I yeah, guess. I yeah. mean, here's the thing. He's old enough. He's going to be 25 at the start of next season. I mean, it's it's put up or shut up time at that point, right? So I think it behooves them to give him a look, give him a chance to prove that he can play NHL minutes, and I think that he has a reasonable shot yeah. of holding up well in those circumstances, particularly in a bit of a sheltered third-pairing role. He's got a good slap shot, too. I think he could contribute maybe on the second unit at yeah. some point. You never know. It's Craig, uh, Craig Button says he can play in the NHL right now. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree. I mean, you, you never know until you put them in those situations, right? But I would be inclined to agree. Okay, I like this one too. Uh, this is from Scott Robinson. There was a lot of talk about the new TV revenue deal and the effect it could have on the salary cap in the coming years. Do you think this COVID-19 will eventually help or hurt those tv deal negotiations oh wow that's actually a really good good question question. yeah uh to be honest i'm I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here but we're still we're still a year away we're still a year away from that are we not from the television deal because i think it's next season it's the u.s deal that's the u.s deal but i think it starts next season unless i'm mistaken uh i'm honestly underqualified to answer this (laughs) i mean like amongst other things but okay yeah 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 All right, what do we got here? I know we're in the cancel everything phrase. Can we please include? Nope, not that one. <laughs> What's the? <laughs> yeah, I should have pre-read that one. Uh, what? <laughs> this is from Sean Butler. What's the least costly way to decrease uh, Canucks goals allowed at five on five next season? Also, would you be willing to have Beagle join Rinkwide next season, provided? Uh, it can, doesn't conflict with his hockey commitments. Uh, yeah, I mean, JP. Yeah, he's he's a the, really cool he dude. He can come on the show anytime he'd like to. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the first part, though. I, I really think it comes down to the Canucks' bottom six forward group. It's objectively just a, a really poor group. I mean, the performance spells it out for you. When the Canucks have one of uh, Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes on the ice, they're an elite hockey team at five on five. You take them off and everything falls apart. I think that Chris Tanev, too, has sneakily put together a pretty poor season, and I think that moving on from him could actually be to the benefit of the Canucks, uh, depending on who else kind of steps into that void, whether it's just Troy Stetcher and Rafferty or anyone else. So I think those are two ways I would look at kind of uh, shoring things up on the defensive side. Uh, I I really do think it comes down to that, too. And I I think this is a a scenario where the GM has to take away the coach's toys because we know Travis Green wants to rely on a Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter shutdown line, but we know a Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter shutdown line cannot perform to the degree necessary to keep this team above water at 5-on-5. Uh, this comes from our uh, a regular contributor and uh, of a name that many of you know here that listen to TSN 1040. That's from Basketball Phil. If the season is canceled, does everyone uh, as wind picks up here and blows everything around our table? Uh, if the season is canceled, does everyone get a shot in the lottery? No one will have uh, made the playoffs. Can't wait for Jeremy Jacobs and the Bruins to win the top pick. I, we kind of went over this, but. Uh, you know, I, I think they would do it based on the current standings, to be honest. And percentage, points percentage, and then... Well, no, I, I think that the playoff oh, teams sorry. wouldn't have yeah. access to the lottery. I, yeah. I don't think they would. Uh, because the only thing the playoffs determine for those those teams, and even you have to wait till the second round for that, is the order, right? So it's... it's no, I, I think it's going to be pretty standard process there. 
Uh, if the NHL has done this year, should the Canucks, this is from Ball Hockey Beret, uh, if the NHL has done this year, should the Canucks forfeit their 2020 first round pick or bank on being better in 2021 and surrender that pick? You know what? I've got a lot of fans out there. They love the way They're I cover. They're all here. They love the way that I cover this team, and yep. it's moments like these that really drive home why. Yeah. Uh, no, this team is actually not in good shape going into next season for a variety of reasons. For one, the Jacob Markstrom injury has highlighted the defense, the defensive deficiencies of this team, such as they existed well before he got hurt. Uh, their five-on-five play, for the last three or four months, they have been the worst team in the league at controlling expected goals, right? So these are the type of teams that we have seen historically, without making significant pr- improvements in the offseason, fall back down to earth the very next year. Yeah. And the Canucks look exactly like one of those teams, whether it was the Toronto Maple Leafs in the mid-2010s, whether it was the Colorado Avalanche of that same era, the Minnesota Wild before that. I mean, we have seen this movie play out so many times. And I think that this team, doesn't matter whether they're going to play anymore this year or not, if there is a season next October, they are going to be in pretty tough shape because they're going to have so many tough decisions to make with their contracts, whether it's for Tannen, we talked about that, finding a taker for for Erickson or Sutter. I mean, it, it's going to be hard for them to improve this offseason, right? And they're going to need to improve their 5-on-5 profile to make up for the fact that, I mean, I think that Jacob Markstrom is an excellent NHL goaltender. I also think that banking on him being a top three NHL goaltender every single season is yeah. a fool's errand. Yeah. And the thing is, that's a tough one to swallow too, right? Because... Here you have a goaltender that is clearly the MVP of the team, and but you're just questioning whether you want to give five seasons, you know, five more years of Jacob Markstrom. I mean, right away you go, well, of course you're crazy. This is the best player they, you know, have on the team this year. But is he going to be that player year in and year out as we move through that contract? And also. Then you see flashes of what Thatcher Demko can be. It's so funny with Thatcher Demko in this market. One day, people are like, he's trash. We need to get rid of him. There's no way that this guy's going to be. And then he has a performance. One, Everybody's back on board. It's a roller coaster ride. I mean, that is the Canucks fan base in a nutshell. Think about how unfair this situation is to him. He has to come in in the midst of a playoff chase and replace top three goaltending in the NHL for a team that is one of the most permissive clubs as it relates to giving up shots, scoring chances, expected goals. He has to step into that situation yeah. right as the games start to count. And you know what? He's bounced back really damn nicely, yeah. so good on him. Yeah. Uh, this one is in our inbox. It's from Cliff and Langley. Do you think the league will allow teams to go over the cap next year? No. Nope. If they don't raise it, and whatever they go over, they lose the following year to help transition with no increase in the cap. Nope. Yeah, that's, uh, no, that's, that's not happening. So it's a little too rinky dinky, I think you'd kind of say with yeah. the, you know, the, although, you know, uh, the NHL is, uh, <laughs> kind of that kind of league sometimes. With these well, there was things. a Zamboni driver in goal <laughs> two weeks ago, but no, there's just no way that's happening. Uh, this, this is from the, uh, well, the stickman, this is just a, uh, I, I, I kind of like this too. Um, Lots of rich professional athletes have donated money to the employees at their stadiums. Louis Erickson should donate all of this year's paycheck to the employees. It's the least he can do for stealing $6 million per year uh, from the Canucks. Uh, obviously, a little tongue Don't turn on the workers. With that one, but um, 
you know what, the stick man, uh, I would like to see some players step up. But at the same time, maybe some players have stepped up and they just don't want it to be uh, put out there and that, you know, that's their right as well. And it shouldn't be on them. And I I would love to... um, to see that as well. I don't know if we got to this one. Uh, this is Canucks clan. Objectively, what's the best way to settle which teams enter the playoffs if there are no more regular season games? So points we've heard, percentage. We've heard the debate about points percentage, and that seems to be the one yeah. that most people are sticking to. Yeah, it's the only way to reconcile the differences in games played. But is yeah, but isn't there, there as the many? Way. And I could be wrong. I have without looking at. I should probably just open it up here. But I believe there are some teams that have played as much as four games less than others. Yeah, that's that's the the argument right there for points percentage. Yeah, because how do you reconcile that difference otherwise? Yeah, I don't think it's possible. And then you use the traditional tiebreaker that we have this year. I don't suppose it's traditional actually, since it's a new mandate for this season. But you use regulation wins when there is a tie. Uh, it's going to suck for teams like the Winnipeg Jets, who will be... Or no, no, I think it's the Nashville Predators, not the Jets. Or actually, it might the, be the, the Preds Jets. have 35 wins in 69 games right now. So, yeah, yeah, but they've played more games. So it's a really interesting scenario, and I still think it's the Winnipeg Jets who are out of the playoffs by 0, 0. 0.1%. Yeah, yeah the uh, high watermark for teams, for games played as I... Like, Quickly, uh, I'll go through the standings here. 71 games played. That's the high watermark uh, for a few teams, whereas the low mark is 68 right now. And you know what? We had a, a season a few years ago uh, where they played 48 games and had playoffs. So yeah. I, I don't think anybody can say that they were jobbed by a, a short schedule, right? Uh, it'll be unfortunate. I would hate to be somebody covering or cheering or working for the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, you know what? You had 70 games to sort things out. Sure. Right? Uh, this is from uh, Carling O'Keefe. Again, I think we read another one of his earlier. Uh, what's the timeline on Ole Levy? Is it a matter of him having a healthy offseason, or is he done as a true prospect? Well, it's been tough for him. It, it's, it's been a real tough go for It's trending Ole towards Levy. the latter because the more I watch the Utica Comets this year, and I'm going to have a, a great opportunity to watch some tape in the coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, he can't defend off the rush. Like he, he's not mobile enough. His footwork is 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 questionable at best. His hips aren't fluid enough in their movements, and and it's a shame because it's the sort of thing that really did happen with the injuries. I mean, you talk about a knee surgery, a back surgery, all before his 21st birthday. It's hard to recover from, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Because look, even the biggest pessim- pessimist for Ole Ulevi would have picked him 15th overall in that draft. And you would expect an NHL player with that pick, right? Well, I would expect an NHL player with any first-round pick, really. I mean, well, there you go. Yeah. So it's—I I don't think it's going to be as simple as as this guy sucks when they write the obituary if they get to that point for his career. This is at Johnny Canuck with two H's uh, at JD Burke. So if the season is canceled completely and the Canucks pick twelfth in the draft, what kind of player can we expect or hope to draft? I would look at somebody like a Caden Gooley, right shot defender out of the Prince Albert Raiders. He plays with a lot of pace. He's a fantastic skater. I mean, he can just fly up and down the ice, and he's really physical too. I mean, he can just eliminate a cycle in the defensive zone, right? A snap of his fingers. I love watching this kid play. I'm a bit higher on him than most, granted, but I really think that he has the potential to be at least a second-pair right-shot defender. I also think that he has the ceiling of somebody who could step into a first-pairing role. I really do. Okay, we'll end with this one. (laughs) I like this. This is from uh, Doug Jarvis 20, and his handle is you 
Hughes, your daddy, and it's directed towards you. I I know that. Really? Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, what's it like being such a loudmouth prick that nobody likes? Thanks for taking my question. <laughs> it's great. It's actually great. Uh, you know, I've, I've made a lot of friends along the, the way. Um, I don't know. It's awesome. Like, what, what do you want me to do? Give sanitized takes and, and tell you what you want to hear? Like, go ahead, hate me. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to tell you what's what. I love it. I love that you own it as well. Okay, uh, this is my question to you. Oh, that is some garbage. This is my question to you. Our friend Daryl Keeping uh, has been doing his uh, uh, Canucks Twitter madness. Yeah. I lost in the first round. I I, I lost in the first round. I won in the Sip second of the round. Tip the cap to my concerned. man across the aisle there, uh, Dan Riccio. We had a good little fight uh, in terms of this uh, Twitter I guess it would be popularity contest, and uh, I fell in percentage points to Mr. Riccio. You fell to Francesco Aquilini. No, I didn't. 50.3% of the people, almost 3,000 votes, uh, picked Frankie Aqua over J.D. Burke. Uh, your thoughts on that, J.D.? It's Is this second round, too? Who would you beat in the first round? Who did I beat? Oh, uh, Jace. Good ah, friend of mine. Gotcha. Uh, Jace Hamilton. Uh, no, it's it's completely crass. I had a four percent point lead. Oh, in, shenanigans! And it was two hours to go. Oh, I, I blocked a certain deranged podcaster, <laughs> and next thing you know, I start seeing five or six obvious burner burners. Accounts, yeah, in the mentions, and I go from having a four point lead to losing by 0.3% of the vote. This is some Democratic National Convention stuff right here, and I am Bernie Sanders getting absolutely jobbed by the establishment, which is Francesco Aquilini in the place of Joe Biden. All right, good stuff Iowa caucus all over again. Good stuff there. Thank you, everyone, for... Uh, the questions into the this week's mailbag. I'm sure we'll do some more of these uh, mailbag type features because uh, hey, we uh, don't have a whole lot of things to talk about. I do. But with no, you'll, you'll yes, I know what you want to. <laughs> yes, you can start your own podcast. That, uh, you know, about the history of war and whatever else you want I'll to talk about. Trevor. He loves yeah, my yeah, ideas. See, see, see if that uh, flies with Trevor. All right, that's the mailbag uh, for this week. One last segment to go here on Rinkwide. It's the show that always scores. TSN 1040. Now, more of Rink Wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Watton. Yeah, welcome back to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. Andrew Watton, J.D. Burke with you here. One final segment to go in the show. And, J.D., before we put a, a bow on today's show, just sort of what do you think we're, we're going to be talking about next Saturday here? Where do you think this is all headed, or are we well, going to be kind of in the same boat? I think that I'm going to be using some of the time this week to research the Winter War of 1939 to 1940. You and know, it, I, I mean, I got a lot of time on my hands. Maybe I should as well, and then we'll have like a book club about it or something. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what else are we <laughs> talking are we about? What talk about? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you about all the, the tape I'm watching. I'm doing a lot of prospect viewing yeah. and, and writing about UDFAs and writing about... Some of the players that are going to be taken at the draft. Um, Who's one play- Before we go, we got about two minutes. Who's one player that you have looked at that nobody's talking about that you think is, hey, this guy could be a player? Uh, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. No, no, I'm, I don't feel got, put on the you got spot. One at all? I know this answer, yeah. and I cannot say it because oh. 
No, it's a, it's a state secret. I'll give you one of the lower end ones. Okay, sure. Uh, Cross Hannis out of the Portland Winterhawks. Okay. Uh, for one, I love him because am I allowed to say the A word? I am, right? He's a Jack. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's a total jackass, right? Yeah. Uh, he plays like I communicate to my fans, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> and he's got fantastic hands. Uh, he's got really good small ice quickness, really shifty player. Hasn't produced at a point-per-game pace, which is usually what you want to see, but, I mean, look, he's playing in the middle six on the Portland Winterhawks, and he's been a really big part of their success this season, and I think a lot of people are missing out on him when they're looking at Seth Jarvis there. I think that Cross Hannis could be a really good player. There you go, guys. Look him up. Do your research. You heard it here first with J.D. Burke. Uh, that's rink-wide for another week. Uh, thank you, everyone that uh, chimed in on the show today. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next Saturday. We're not taking the time off here, guys. So we'll see you again in seven days' time. Have a great weekend, everyone.